All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Bourbon Hound Podcast with Rob McDonald and Mike Teeples, two bourbon hounds on the hunt for their next bottle. All right, Mike. Uh, episode three of the Bourbon Hound podcast. I'm excited. Um, our group on both Facebook and Instagram are following and on Twitter is starting to grow and it's starting to get some messages from folks that are uh, looking for what bourbons to get started or recommendations. So that might be another topic um, coming up here, another another podcast episode about uh, what's the uh, beginner bourbons and things of that nature. So uh, what are you drinking tonight, Mike? Well, I, uh, I got a little crazy last night, Rob. Um, decided I was going to tap into a couple of sweet bottles that I've, I've been hoarding a little bit. Uh, but I did have two of them, so it was time for me to crack them. And I opened a bottle of Russell's Reserve Single Barrel, but I also opened a bottle of Stag Junior. Had a little taste off. So Interesting. Um, okay. Just decided the winner of those two was going to be what I was going to drink tonight. And for me, by a slight edge out, I'm going with the Stag Junior. Okay, a slight edge out. So what what was that edge? Well, so interestingly enough, uh, the the Russell single barrel is 110 proof, and the Stag is 126.4. And I would have thought that the Stag would have been pretty hot, but something about the flavor profile. And you you got me uh, working on my palate a little bit, Rob, because you challenged me a little bit to you know ask me to yeah. smell things a little differently and and relate that to, to foods and things. And this has got Stag for me. It's got a slight tobacco flavor okay. to it in, mm -hmm. for me, and it's, it's kind of a sweet flavor. And those two things cut into that heat enough for me that it actually didn't taste any hotter than maybe the Russell's Reserve did. And the Russell's Reserve was fantastic too, by the way. I'm not, not going to complain about that one. That was a great taste. Right off. on. That, that tobacco and that, uh, that sweet kind of kills the heat, and it, it goes really, really well together. Okay. So when you say sweet tobacco, what I'm thinking, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm thinking is um, a sweet, burly pipe tobacco smell and not so much a uh, Copenhagen chew tobacco smell. Is that, is that my on track there? That is accurate. And, and um, I don't, I'm not a big peaty, uh, when I drink scotch, I'm not a big peaty guy. And it doesn't have that overall peaty flavor too, because I probably wouldn't like that. So no, you're okay. right. It's kind of that warm pipe you know, like your dad smoking a pipe when you're a kid type thing, which my dad used to smoke with us in the house. So yeah. I got you. I got How about you. you, man? What are you, what are you drinking tonight? So tonight I'm going with an old classic, um, the, uh, frontier whiskey self-proclaimed. I'm just going to pop the bottle here and uh, I'm going with the bullet bourbon. It's Ooh. a hard one to beat. Got myself a little pour there and, uh, you know, I think this is, uh, yeah, 45% alcohol, so it's a 90 proof, and uh, I've been a fan of Bullet Bourbon for quite a while. I don't know if we've talked about that one on the podcast yet, but uh, in my opinion, at least, it's pretty easy to find. Uh, it's usually reasonably priced. It's a consistent bottle. Um, you know, if you find that you like it, you're probably going to like every bottle you open, um, and it's been around a long time, so yeah, that, that's what I'm having tonight. You know, that, that bullet, Rob, last year when they came out with the holiday sets, which they usually come out, you know, right before Christmas, 
the bullet uh, holiday set came with a couple of small glasses that were just about the perfect size glasses for tastings. And I was able to find on eBay, I could buy 12 of those bad boys. And now if I have a tasting at my house, those are the glasses that I use because they're just they're kind of that same oval shape that the bottle has. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice solid glass. Actually, I, they're made in Italy, whatever that means, I guess. But I enjoy them and they're, they're pretty kind of a cool glass. Sweet. All right. So uh, tonight we, we, uh, we talked a little bit before we jumped on here about uh, whiskey cocktails and making cocktails with bourbon. And uh, I think up until now, we mostly talked about drinking our bourbon on the rocks or drinking it neat. So just a pour, nothing else in it. Um, I made a post on the Facebook group, I think it was yesterday, about what, what do folks put in their bourbon? What mixers do they like? Uh, I saw a lot of soda, whether that was Coke, uh, ginger ale, Sprite, 7-Up. So we saw a lot of that. I think I saw a sweet tea. Um, anything else that you noticed in there that was unusual, maybe? No, I think you, you got the ones I was thinking of. Okay. Or posted there. So what's your, uh, what's your favorite bourbon cocktail, Mike? Probably, now you got to bear in mind, I went to college up in Wisconsin. So um, if you don't uh, have a Bloody Mary with all kinds of, you know, like a, a fruit salad or a, sorry, a, a meat salad hanging off the side of it, they kick you out of the state. And if you don't know how to make an old fashioned, I think they'll run you out as well. So I'm, a, I'm an old fashioned guy for sure. That's probably my number one. You hey. have an old fashioned every once in a while? Are you a, a fan? Yeah, you know, I don't. I've never made an old fashioned at home, but I will occasionally order one at a bar. So, uh, yeah, I am a fan for sure. Well, let me tell you how, so here's how I make mine. And then I'll, I'll give you a variation that you ought to try sometime if you're up for it. I take a, a sugar cube and I drop a little, little bitters on top of that. And then I take an orange slice and I muddle just the meat of the orange slice up with the sugar and get that all muddled up. And then I'll take a, Luxardo cherry is what I typically use, but Jack Rudy makes a good cherry, but Luxardo cherries are good. And all I do is kind of clip that with my muddler. I don't try to hammer that down in there just to clip it and open it up a little bit. And then to that, I just add in whatever bourbon I'm drinking. And I do like a Blanton's old fashioned. That's one of my favorites. I like Angel's Envy old fashions for sure. I throw a couple of cubes of ice and maybe a little bit of water if I'm not doing, not doing ice and kind of swirl that around. But here's, here's something you ought to try if you want something different, a different twist. Can you lay it on me? If you throw a, uh, that, that, uh, that finished rye Angel's Envy in there, and if instead of using regular bitters, you use a chocolate bitters. It's something about that's, that's, uh, that finished rye is, uh, is finished in port barrels. And something about the two of those together, that tastes like candy. That's a really, you can almost get a mapley kind of flavor from that. It tastes delicious. It's an outstanding, a buddy of mine, Ryan, turned me onto that. And uh, man, I'm, I'm all in for the Angel's Envy uh, finished trial fashion with the chocolate bitters. It's good stuff. Interesting, interesting. Now, I haven't tried it, uh, but when it comes to an old fashioned, I have read about and, and heard folks talk about using a bourbon barrel finished maple syrup in place of the sugar. So the simple syrup or the sugar cube, which I think would be interesting. If I could find one of those at a bar sometime, I think I would probably order that. So that, that does sound good. I like yeah. the idea of that. Yeah. Interesting. So how about you? What's your, what's your go-to, uh, you know, cocktail? Yeah. So uh, I've got to say uh, the easy, the lazy man cocktail in me is diet seven up. 
I prefer that to diet Sprite. I don't like a lot of sugar. I don't like that just extra in general. I don't drink regular soda very often. So if I'm like mowing the grass or, you know, been outside working and I'm hot and I just want a, uh, a easy, refreshing whiskey cocktail, it's probably going to be diet seven up on the rocks with whatever bourbon. Uh, a lot of times that bourbon for me is ancient age. Um, or probably a uh, Evan Williams. Since I since I started trying that Evan Williams uh, bottled and bond, I'd probably move from the black label to the white label uh, Evan Williams. If I'm gonna sit down, if I got friends over, I really want to make a nice cocktail at the end of the week, and uh, I want to kind of celebrate the weekend. Probably a whiskey sour. Um, that's one of my favorites. So. Um, I like to, if I've got it on hand, I like to go with a fresh lime and a fresh lemon mix. So I'll go, you know, half of a, of a medium-sized lemon, the juice, half of a medium-sized lime, uh, maybe a tablespoon or two of a simple syrup and a nice clean ice cube and some bourbon. Uh, give that a quick mix and uh, man, that's, that's pretty hard to beat. What's, what's the ratio of simple syrup to sugar cubes? Cause I'm a sugar cube guy. That's all I've ever used. Never gone with simple syrup. Is it tablespoon for every sugar cube? You know, I don't know. I, I, that, that'd be interesting to research and find out. Cause two uh, tablespoons see. sounds like a lot of sugar in that, in that uh, whiskey sour you're describing, but I'm sure the, the lemon and the lime probably cut that. Yeah. Yeah. Now I go, I go teaspoon and not tablespoon. Oh, oh I heard tablespoon. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a different, yeah. that's a yeah. whole different animal. Right. Okay. Yep. 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 Okay. So, uh, we talked old fashioned, we talked whiskey sour. Um, what about the Manhattan? You know, uh, Manhattan's a drink that I do like, uh, you know, there's no orange in that one. So it's real similar to, to an old fashioned other than you put vermouth in instead of, instead of right. orange. And I, I do order those when I'm out every once in a while. That's a, that's a good drink. I like the, like the Manhattan. Um, also like a John Collins every once in a while when you're out, that's kind of a lighter refreshing, you know, you throw some lemon juice in a glass with some sugar, little club soda, and then it has that orange slice. And I kind of, I'm kind of an orange slice guy. Like, I don't know. I like a little bit of that with my bourbon to kind of, kind of cut some of those, those drinks. So those, those are pretty solid, but the Manhattan, definitely a good drink, man. You like that one? Yeah. You know, um, I, I don't order whiskey cocktails out very often. If I, if I go to a whiskey bar, um, that has a good selection, I'm probably going to, I think we talked about this where we got on and we both kind of agreed if I see some bottles on there that I want to try, I want to try them and taste the whiskey. Uh, but at the same time, it's always a lot of fun to change it up um, and to have a different cocktail. Now, I do like uh, mint juleps in, in the summertime. If I can get some fresh mint, sometimes we've got mint in our garden, um, or you can pick it up at a farmer's market and just throw a couple uh, couple leaves in a in a clean glass and muddle those up with like a table, a teaspoon. I probably did say tablespoon earlier. A teaspoon or two of uh, simple syrup. Throw some ice in there and in uh, whatever bourbon I'm drinking, and that's a pretty refreshing drink as well. Yeah, you know that that actually does sound pretty good, and kind of goes hand in hand with uh, another one that I had a couple of months ago for the first time. I do like a Moscow Mule, and there's something about that you know, like copper mug really does release the ginger beer, in my opinion. 
but there's a there's a drink called the Kentucky Mule, and that's uh, lime juice, uh, ginger beer, and bourbon. And I was kind of looking at the ratios that they recommended on that one. So that one's two ounces of bourbon to six ounces of ginger beer, and then only a half ounce of of lime juice. And I was curious when you do, you know, your you said Seven Up, your diet Seven Up guy mm-hmm. with Ancient Age or Evan Williams. Yep. You make those. How do you? What's the ratio of of booze to soda? I'm curious. I've got a. I've definitely got a method for mine. I'm curious what you say on yours. Yeah, I got to say I'm about half and half. So if if it's a ounce and a half, two ounce pour of bourbon, it's going to be about the same amount of soda. I don't want to be heavy on the soda. Uh, I think I lose. You lose that bourbon flavor. Uh, to be honest. If I was just going to go for, I want the, um, the soda flavor with the alcohol behind, I would probably use Canadian whiskey. Now, I, I may catch some flack for saying that. <laughs> but for me, I want, the bourbon has so much more depth of flavor um, that that's, that's the way I want to do it. After I did the uh, Michter's American Whiskey last last podcast, Rob, I don't think you're going to, I'm not going to give you a hard time about it. I did that myself. But <laughs> I, I would say when I do, because I'll drink a, an actual Diet Coke and Ancient Age is probably one of my go-tos if I'm having something with, with soda. Maybe I'll have a, a nice old-fashioned or something to start my night, something a little stronger. And then after that, if I'm going to move to something easy, I'll probably you know, take a glass, fill it full of ice, maybe go a third of it with, with bourbon. And then I'll top the rest off with, uh, with Coke. What I find though, uh, one of my friends taught me about what's called a top pour. When you go to a, a bar, they'll pour the bourbon in, then they'll pour the soda and then they'll throw a little more bourbon on the top and it kills the bubbles, you know, so okay. you can get more in the glass. And then the first drink you take then after that is, is pretty boozy, even though the ratio of booze is probably far less than you think you're getting with that top pour kind of sells, uh, sells that, that first drink on you that you're getting plenty of, of uh, booze for your buck. Uh-huh. They're a good, good bartender. Cause that first sip was, uh, you, you felt it. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. So I do got to, you know, for somebody that's just getting into bourbon and, uh, maybe they try a glass neat, um, and it kind of sets them back a little bit, or even on the rocks, uh, or with a few drops of water. So you can go, you know, two or three drops of water, or you can go, uh, you know, more water than that and, and mix it up. And, and sometimes some bourbons that can open things up, uh, some bourbons that kind of almost kills it, you know, uh, really, really mellows it out beyond um, what it, what that just on the rocks. So I want to make sure, you know, everybody that's out there, however you like your bourbon, that's the way you should drink it. So if you prefer uh, your bourbon with a Coke, um, then drink it that way. If you like it with sweet tea, drink it that way. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to pretend or give the impression that somehow uh, not uh, mixing the bourbon in a cocktail is anything less than drinking it on the rocks. Because for sure, however you like to drink it, that's the way you should drink it. I, I agree with you 100%. It's kind of like I said with the motorcycle wave a couple episodes ago. It, it, we're, we're all in this together. Do what you like. And that's kind of your job or your buddies is to give you a hard time, right? So my dad would tell me, I can't believe you're putting ice in your drink. And I would say, well, um, you know, I, I'm kind of drinking a higher octane bourbon these days. And by the time I get to my second or third sip, that's releasing really nice for me. So that, that tastes pretty good for me. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, finding kind of your, your lane and uh, going with what, what tastes good to you. And if it's a mix, then do your thing, you know, enjoy it. There you go. So 
talking about whiskey and bourbon cocktails, is there any interesting cocktail maybe you've heard of, something you want to try, something you haven't had? Yeah, yeah. I was looking up some different um, different flavors in preparation for this, and one kind of stuck out to me that I thought might be pretty tasty, and it's it's a variation of your sour, which I don't do a lot of sours, um, and I don't know why I don't. I generally don't have a, I got a lot of bourbon, but I don't have a lot of mixers and things like that, but this actually sounds pretty good. This is an apple sour, which has got apple juice, triple sec, lemon juice, and bitters. And I think okay. that combination sounds pretty tasty. Next time I go to a place that makes good drinks, if they have, if they have something along those lines, I'm going to give that a run. Interesting. How about you? You got anything, some uh, unusual combo of a drink that you're, uh, you're aiming for? Yeah. You know, um, I really enjoy a Bloody Mary. I like to make Bloody Marys. That's kind of a, uh, a Christmas mid morning tradition at our house is, uh, I make Bloody Marys for anybody uh, of age in the family that wants to have one. And we throw things in there like uh, beef sticks and slices of bacon and pickles and, you know, the whole meal in a glass type situation. And uh, I noticed the other day that Bullet, uh, Bullet Bourbon, had a recipe for a Bloody Mary with bourbon in place of vodka. So I think I'm going to put that on my list, give it a try, um, do all kinds of things. So, you know, I put in generally some beef broth and uh, tahini seasoning and uh, lemon juice. And so anyway, I, I think it'd be interesting to try. It might not, might not be uh, the drink that I like, but uh, I can't hardly imagine that it won't be. So that's on my list of things to try. I've never, uh, never heard, of, heard of that, but I, yeah, looking forward to hearing a full report on that one. Hmm. So um, we're talking about cocktails and we talked about in that conversation about um, going to a bar and ordering, you know, if you're at a whiskey bar, I want to try different whiskeys. At the same time, you mentioned if you were at a, a bar that had good mixers, you'd like to try the apple sour. Um, so that has me wondering, uh, what's your go-to um, Let's say you're at a conference or uh, just on a weekend trip. You stop at a what seems like a pretty good bar. Uh, they've got a decent selection of whiskeys. The bartender seems to know what they're talking about, and you're in the mood for a cocktail. What's your go-to bourbon cocktail at that type of bar? So this is that's an interesting question because um, my my number one drink that I make most often is an old fashioned, no doubt. And if you ask 100 people how to make an old fashioned, you're probably gonna get at least 50 different variations of how to make an old fashioned. And most, most it's, a, it's such a common drink. If you do a Google search for whiskey drinks, old fashioned's in the top five every single time, for sure. Most places have kind of a signature old fashioned. So when I go to a, a place that knows their bourbon and they have you know a, a decent bartender that knows what they're mixing, I do like to order kind of, hey, what's your recommendation for the best old fashioned you can make? And you use whatever bourbon you think is going to set this drink apart and have me thinking about it when I leave your establishment. And uh, then afterwards, when I taste it, if I like it, I, I generally do Rob. Um, when I like it, then I ask him if they could share some of the secret of the recipe for me. And you never know, it might be something that I use to spruce up the old fashions that I make at home. Cause I've already got go. my, my system down. So I'm learning every time I go out and I'm willing to do that at a high end place or at Applebee's. It doesn't matter, you know, if I'll, I'll give it a shot wherever I am. 
Right on, right on. Okay. How about you, man? What what are you going for? You know, for me, my uh, my standby is the whiskey sour if I'm having a whiskey cocktail, and I would say that's along the same line. So it's interesting sometimes. Um, you'll go to a, a higher end bar and maybe they are doing something like blood oranges or key limes or just some twist in there, like you'd mentioned that maybe I'd never had or never even thought to try. And it just kind of sets that whiskey sour apart. So, uh, yeah, that's my go-to, um, if I'm at a bar that I think is going to set me up well, that's what I'm going to order. Um, so to, to put that on its head, you'd mentioned Applebee's. So if you stop into your neighborhood bar, uh, maybe that's a college bar hangout. Uh, maybe it's just a, it's a bait shop. You know, I don't know, someplace that's got, uh, you know, Coors Light, Bud Light. Maybe there's a six pack of Corona in the cooler and a couple bottles of, uh, of Jim Beam and Jack Daniels, a, a limited bar. What do you, what do when you're in, you're in the mood for a cocktail, a whiskey cocktail, what are you going to order? Boy, that's tough. Um, I, I don't, I, like I said, I don't keep a lot of mixers at the house here. So, um, you know, generally at a place like that, you're not, you're not going to have somebody getting kind of a craft bourbon thing going at you. So, um, you can always fall back for me. I can always fall back on a Jim Beam and diet anywhere. I do like the Jim Beam for sure. Um, but I, I would still try an old fashioned there for sure. I might go with the Manhattan. A lot of places are going to have vermouth anyway, and that's a pretty easy variation. So you yank the, the orange out, still have the, uh, have the cherry in there and go vermouth. That would be a winner. Um, but sometimes like uh, even those places, you can even just ask them, Hey, I'm in, I'm in here for some bourbon. What's your favorite bourbon drink? Give me a couple that you guys, you guys hear a lot of and, um, and go with their recommendation, you know? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, I think for me it, it would probably be the soda drink. Um, I'm, I'm not the 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 Coke, Diet Coke, Cola. Uh, it'd probably be a Diet Sprite or Seven Up. But uh, you know, with a a side of uh, chicken strips and fries, right? Uh, and in uh, a a bourbon and a soda, it'd probably that's probably the way I'd move on that. We do have a few places, you know, in Colorado Springs here. There's a place in Manitou Springs. Well, I guess it's considered old Colorado City, called Alchemy. And Alchemy makes, uh, I couldn't even tell you the names of their, of their drinks, but that's one of those places you go and you're not going to find a Manhattan or an old fashioned or something on the menu. You just tell them the flavor of the, the booze you like to drink, whether it's vodka or bourbon or whatever, and then say, Hey, make, make me something that's going to make me smile. And it's, it's kind of like you go to a tattoo artist sometimes and you, you just tell them what your theme is and let them kind of, they're the artist, right? I'm an accountant. <laughs> May as well <laughs> let them do what they're good at. So uh, going to Alchemy, I've been there a few times and I couldn't tell you what I had, but every time been blown away and the presentation and, and usually something's on fire by the time they get it to me, which is awesome. You <laughs> there know? you go. There you go. I'm thinking you must have some tattoos. I don't know about Mike. I, <laughs> as far as you know, I'm tattoo free. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So talking about cocktails, talking about uh, maybe higher end, exploring cocktails, how you like to drink your whiskey. There's a few factors, really. It doesn't matter how you like to drink it, whether that's uh, neat or on the rocks or in a mixer. Um, but in my opinion, one of the uh, key components could, is the, the glass that you're drinking out of. So what uh, you'd mentioned those bullet glasses that you picked up. 
how do you think a glass affects the drink and the experience and the aroma and all those things? So a year ago, I couldn't have told you much about this. Um, but when I was looking to host a few tastings, that was something I did research. You know, one, tastings are different than what you're serving a, you know, a mixed drink with some friends. I mean, like for my, uh, my old fashioned, I use kind of a standard rocks style glass, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that one, you know, it's okay if the, if the drink itself only covers about a third of the glass, it opens it up and it allows you to get your, your nose in the glass and, and kind of, you know, they tell you, you really, when you, when you taste something to kind of keep your mouth open and, and breathe in as you're taking that, that taste. And that allows that to happen because you're getting it into your nose and the flavor on your tongue at the same time. So I do like that. But then, you know, when you're having a tasting, you're, you're not serving huge portions. So a, a big rocks glass would probably lead to maybe four of you having a taste of that bourbon and then everybody else's SOL. So um, right. a little smaller glass. That's why I like the bullet glass. And I like it because it's oval. So it allows you to turn it sideways and still get your nose down in there. But the other one that, that I've, uh, I've got now just a couple of is a Glencairn. And again, if you kind of watch those holiday uh, packages of bourbons or even some of the scotches, they'll serve glassware with that. They'll, you can buy that at no extra cost. Pretty easy over the holiday season to add four or six glasses to your, to your cupboard. And the Glencairn is kind of shaped like a kind of an S pattern. It opens up a little bit at the top, but it narrows before it gets to that. And that kind of forces that, uh, that, that odor, you know, the, the smell to come right up into your nose as you're taking a drink. So those are kind of, kind of what, I, what I'm aware of on the glasses. I don't know if you've got a different take on that, Rob, for, for what you, what do you, you kind of, I saw you up with a, uh, a ball jar there uh, with one of your, your pictures you posted recently. Yeah, yeah. So um, I agree with everything you talked about there is, um, you know, kind of a shorter, rounder, glass uh, rocks glass or smaller uh you know whiskey we're talking about um liquors that are 40 percent or more alcohol so when you get a pour you know you're not going to sit down to like a five ounce pour of booze (laughs) if you did you're probably not going to get up Um, so if it's a one or a one and a half uh, that's a pretty typical pour um at a bar um, or at home, I would think for most folks. And so <laughs> unless you're on quarantine, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so when you make that pour, you don't want to lose that little bit of whiskey at the bottom of like this huge glass, you know, like the, the Bubba big mug from the truck stop, right? It's just going to kind of, it would just vanish. So, um, my go-to, uh, glass is actually a, uh, a half pint, short half pint a lot of people would call it a jelly jar Um, instead of being tall and skinny it's kind of short and round and um, I get that similar to a Glencairn it's it's open more at the bottom it necks in a little bit and then it opens back up and so you get that aroma Uh, it it holds nice Uh, it's a heavy glass so it stays cold Um, and those are all things whether you're drinking out of a jar or you're drinking out of a Glencairn or a rocks glass, whatever have you, those are all things that uh, to me are important. You know, I didn't think about the thickness of the glass until you just said that. Those Glencairns are, are pretty thin as far as the wall of the glass, but at the bottom, there's a big thick, you know, nub of glass you can grab onto so you're not transferring so much of your heat from your hand into your drink. And glass is a pretty good insulator. So that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty solid, which is also really important if you're a guy like me and you put ice in your in your drink 
So what's your theory when you do take ice, Rob? Do you have a preferred ice cube style or what do you, what do you like to put in your drinks? You know, uh, it's interesting that since this, we started the podcast, I've become more interested in this. Um, I'm still lazy about it. So my home freezer has an ice maker and I could just put my cup underneath there and it spits ice cubes in it and it's amazing. At the same time, um, I'm interested in these large ice cubes and in these crystal clear, beautiful works of art, pieces of ice in these glasses. And um, so for me, I do, I would say I'm about 50-50 neat pour to on the rocks, um, just depending on how my day went, what I'm feeling, uh, maybe what the what I'm drinking. Um, but I'm intrigued. So and I think that you maybe snapped a picture to me the other day that had a big fat ice cube in there. And I'm curious about that. What's your take on that, Mike? Okay. So I'm, first of all, if I'm doing the Diet Coke and Ancient Age or Jim Beam or something, then you're right. I go right to the miracles of, of modern science, go to the refrigerator and get something out of the, out of the tap like that. If I'm having a drink at home though, I've got a uh, little ice tray that you can only get about maybe 12 cubes out of, and they're probably about an inch by an inch, um, all the way square, all the way around. And those make a really, really solid drink for what I'm making. But I've got a buddy, Jimmy Kuzalik. Uh, Jim is trying to perfect the perfect clear ice cube. And um, he might be a guy we talk to someday about his methodology. He has gone through iteration after iteration of trying to perfect this perfectly, you know, uh, clear cylindrical uh-huh. ball. And it's, I mean, it's fist sized, you know, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, he gets, got a big glass and then it's funny, you pour the bourbon in there. It only takes up about half the, the size of the cube sometimes is some of the size of these things, or at least it should. Right. The second one maybe is a little thicker, but <laughs> I did see in, in Wichita, Kansas out with a client. Uh, we were, we were eating at a high end restaurant and they took a cube of ice and they put it in this contraption and they slid it into this thing and then they put a, a big um another the whole thing was made out of copper i think and put another contraption on the top and the and the thing just kind of melted itself into this square cube that was a giant square cube probably five inches by five inches and when, when it got done he popped it open and it was a perfect cylinder and he said that then that melted off the impurities in the outside of the ice and it made it more likely to be clear and he got this from one of the scotch manufacturers years ago. And they said, you can't get them anymore. But I was telling my buddy Jim about this. And he's got a formula. It involves, I think, styrofoam coolers and distilled water and boiling some things first. I think uh, way more than I'm probably ever, ever going to do. But he brings cast-offs every once in a while. And we go on trips together. And his cast-offs are pretty darn clear, actually. So he saves the high-end stuff, I think, for the people he likes better than me. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the cast-offs are working for what we're doing. It's pretty, pretty yeah, fun. I like the process of making that kind of ice. I haven't really delved into it too much, but it sounds like a lot of fun. Cool, cool. All right. Well, I think that's pretty well going to do it for this episode. Um, Mike, have you got any amazing takeaways? Um, some some things that uh, maybe you thought of. We're talking about cocktails. I can I can tell you one thing for sure. Um, after our discussion, I I feel like I need to open up my uh, my whiskey cocktail um, menu and uh, and get out there and try a few things. How about you? Well, I'm going to throw a challenge out there to anybody listening. Um, Find yourself a bourbon buddy. Could be somebody you've known for a long time or somebody you're just getting to know. 
But, uh, you know, Rob and I, a year, and a year ago, a, a, a year ago, probably didn't know that we were as into bourbons individually as we are. And I've got a real good buddy, Doug, that uh, has gotten into bourbons after I did, but he is, he's got some high end stuff. So the nice thing, what I, what I found is it's, it's better almost to find somebody who lives a little further away and challenge them to find some, some things. So kind of establish a list of bourbons you should always be looking for when you're on the road and, and they can do the same and try to find a trading buddy. If they can get their hands on two bottles and you can do the same, then you guys can swap, swap bottles. So um, I love that idea. I think it's, it's fun. It challenges you. What, what I find now is I'm taking pictures of things that when I go get something, I send them to Rob. I get pictures back with his seatbelt around four bottles in his car and he's, <laughs> he's all jacked up and excited. So um, find yourself a bourbon buddy and make it an interactive experience. That's what this world's all about, man. You bet. So I'll say cheers to that, Mike. Cheers, Rob. Have a good night. Thanks again, Bourbon Hounds, for joining us on another episode. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at The Bourbon Hound Podcast. If you're on Facebook, please join the Bourbon Hound Podcast Facebook group. We'd love to have you. And give us a follow on Twitter. Just search for The Bourbon Hound Podcast.